What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. Tonight, I had an awesome conversation with my friend and author, Matthew Wade. He's also the Videoland website editor. I talked with him last when he finished writing his previous novel, The Burgeoning Heart of Bambi Bazooms, uh, which you can find on Amazon, so go check it out. But tonight, we had a great conversation. We talked about his new novel, Actorberg, his inspirations, self-publishing, writing tips. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Please welcome the great and powerful Matthew Wade. What's going on, Matt? I'm doing well. Yourself? Uh, not too bad, man. Um, I just ordered your new book, Actorberg, so I can't wait to check it out. Let's keep it spoiler-free, but what is Actorberg about? So Actorberg is about a world in which the government has banned actors and classified acting as a mental illness and follows former actor Jenny Davis as she navigates Actorberg, uh, which is the nickname for the Southern California Actors Reeducation Institute. And basically it follows her as she navigates this strange you new know, world she finds herself in getting along with the staff and her fellow classmates. That's an interesting hook, man. Um, what is an actor, Berg? Is that like a, is that a real word? Uh, no, it's just a nickname I came up with. Uh, just a, a, the word actor, Berg, uh, makes it seem like a jury place for these um, actors, former actors, uh, to live in. Uh, I just like the sound of it. Was there ever any other titles, or was it always actor, Berg? Um... That title, pretty much. I mean, if you want to go into what the book was about to begin with, it kind of evolved over the years. Like, it started out with it as a general Hollywood satire, but then, I'm not sure how exactly it happened, but I just came up with the idea that, you know, what would happen if we lived in a world without actors? Um, what would that look like? And I figured it would be more interesting to look at it um, from the actor's perspective. I mean, you, you could do it from the perspective of, um, you know, just general audience members, uh, the general population, how they deal with it. I get a little bit into that, but uh, I kind of wanted to also just to examine acting um, in general. So that's, that's why I took that approach. No, that's awesome, man. I like the hook. I think it's an original title. So what year is Actorberg set in? Is this like post-2021, post-pandemic, post White House riots, I mean, where are we at here? Uh, no, it takes place basically when I wrote it. Like, originally it was going to be 2018, but as I wanted to get as close to modern day as possible, so I did 2019, and I ended up publishing it this year, of course. Okay, would you say the story is geared more towards adults or younger readers? Uh, much more towards adults. It's not like there's really too much explicit in it, but it, it does deal with more uh, mature topics. All the characters are adult age, and yeah, it's much more geared towards adults. What made you want to write about these type of characters? Was it because of you know all the chaos that was going on in the world? I mean, is this you venting in an intellectual type of way? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good deal of it um i mean the, the premise allowed me to explore not only acting but just a, a lot of everything else that's going on uh, especially in the political environment um the institute itself is very conservative uh, run by conservatives 
So there's also a bit of um, liberal versus conservative mindsets going on, as well as, um, you know, philosophies of acting and even a good bit of religious philosophies as well. Let's uh, hook our listeners real quick. Um, what, who's your favorite character in Afterburg? The main protagonist, uh, the villain. So talk, talk about your favorite character. I would say my favorite character probably is one of the sporting characters named um, Sonny Barnes. And she's basically um, a former actress who acted in like a, you know, like a Nickelodeon or a Disney Channel type show, one of those tween shows. Um, and just because, you know, I kind of gravitate towards that personality when in my writing, I've enjoyed writing that type of character in other books, that upbeat, uh, peppy, um, somewhat bratty character, just, just, uh, that type of a personality I just find fun to write. I think just because of the, um, you know, the upbeat nature of it, and I'll just also the, um, it's just something about that personality type that really grabs me. You know, I said, let's hook our listeners. You're really hooking me here, man. Um, I can't wait to get this book and check it out, man. I really do uh, like yeah. your hook here. This is really interesting. Uh, fun Thank question. You. Fun question real quick. Um, if you could cast the main leads for your movie or that supporting uh, character that you were just talking about, who do you envision playing the parts? Because I'm sure you've thought about that. Yeah, so fun fact, I actually did. I mean, uh, when I was writing the book, I actually had specific actors in mind. Like for the main character, Jenny Davis, I had Brie Larson. Uh, there's a character named Isaac Gaines, uh, who I imagine to be like a George Clooney type. And uh, the main antagonist, uh, Dr. Pinehurst, uh, kind of inspired by Olivia Williams' character in the TV show Dollhouse. So those two I had concrete Um Sonny Barnes, I mean, she's too old to play now, but it kind of had Amanda Bynes in mind, so someone like that, basically. What's your favorite yeah. thing about the world you've created with Actorberg? Would you say it's the characters, or would you say the themes, locations? I'd say it's um, the setting and the um, like the ethos around that setting. I mean, like you said, we can't get into the spoilers, but um, there's uh, basically like a cons- it basically turns out that um, Actorberg is part of a grander scheme and just being able to explore all the religious um, ideas, the conservative ideologies surrounding that uh, was a lot of fun to explore. In order to write about anything, to, to write about this, you probably have to transport yourself to that world, right? So what were some of your inspirations for this? Yeah. Um... I would say my main inspirations is just my love of um, show business in general, my interest in acting. Um, There is a book on what's called the Meisner Technique, which is an acting style. I drew a lot of reference from that when writing it. Um, I researched um, a lot of other stuff, various um, institutions while writing it. Uh, Like There's one scene that takes place in a pregnancy center. So I had to research that, uh, for example, and yeah, just the research process uh, was a lot of fun. It was involving, but as all research is, but it was a lot of fun. And you, uh, you told me offline there was some uh, unintentional similarities, um, similarities with a movie called But I'm a Cheerleader, which I've never heard of. Can we talk about yeah. that? 
Uh, so that's a good movie. You should check it out. But basically what happened was I was almost finished writing the first draft of the novel. And um, I watched that movie and noticed uh, the characters were wearing the very similar uniforms to what the characters wear in my novel. Oh. Uh, same color scheme. Um, and of course, that movie takes place. And also, it's also in a re-education camp, but... Uh, but I'm a cheerleader takes place in a gay conversion therapy camp, which there's some similarities there. So I, um, I actually ended up giving a shout out to that film's director, just basically saying, as a nod to saying, um, yeah, I realize there are these similarities. Um, but it was completely unintentional because like I said, I didn't watch the movie until, uh, until I was almost finished with the, the first draft of the book. You know, it has to be so hard to come up with an original story in 2021, you know? It's kind of tough to really be completely original in terms of writing that type of, you know, re-education story, um, liberals versus conservatives, that kind of thing. So basically, what I tried to focus on was just putting my unique voice um, into it, Um the characters I write, um, the style of writing, and some of the ideas. Right on, man. I want to talk about music real quick and bringing this world to life. Uh, with your last yeah. novel, Bambi Bazooms, uh, I yeah. love that you created a soundtrack. You know, I think more authors uh -huh. need to release soundtracks. Uh, did you do the same thing here? I did not. Um, most of the references that I drew on were basically um, coming up with uh, types of movies. So... For example, the main character acted in an in indie drama called White Power, which is, I mean, kind of similarity to Black Klansman in that she's infiltrating like a white supremacy organization. Um, and then, of course, it came up with the fictional TV show that Sonny Barnes starred in. So there wasn't music um, directly in the book. Of course, if I were to actually work on the TV show, I can easily come up with songs that I'd like to be in like the episodes, but uh, nothing directly in there, now. What would you say? Is there a certain genre that would fit this? Um, if you were to create a like, soundtrack, are you talking 70s, 80s, 90s? I mean, what are, you, what are we doing here? Mostly 80s songs. Like, okay. I could, like, Everybody Wants You by Billy Squires. Um... And the other one, uh, Hollywood Nights by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. There are a couple of the songs that I would like to would have liked to put in a TV show. All right, take us behind the scenes here, uh, in case there's any fans or any fans um, after they read it here. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to put in Actorberg that didn't make it in? Um, anything on the cutting room floor? Any previous drafts, or did the story just come together, you know, naturally? It mostly came together naturally. Actually, I ended up adding more scenes just to pad it out if I felt that, um, you know, the character's arc wasn't developed enough. So I would say more to the opposite, like adding more rather than removing anything. Now, your last novel, Bambi Bazooms, that came out, what, 2018, right? Like two years ago, three yeah. years ago? Yep. How long did it take you to complete Actorberg? Did you start writing it right after Bambi? Uh, pretty soon. I think I actually wrote it um, over the course of two years, just because it, it is a much longer novel. So I ended up writing a good chunk of it in 2018, um, the rest of it in 2019, and then 2020. I was trying to get it out to like indie publishers or to get, or to get an agent for it. Uh, 
but I ended up self-publishing just because it was taking quite a bit of time and most of the agents and uh, publishers were turning me down. So yeah. I ended up just going self-publishing. So I also, I want to get into some of the technical stuff, um, but before we talk more about that, because I'm really interested in the publishing and distribution, um, but I really want to talk about your creative process for any of our Videoland yeah. writers. You know, we have a lot of creative people in the group. Uh, do you have a routine? Do you write outlines or do you just sit down and just words come out of your fingers? So I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, I outline the characters, the general like setting, plot, and some of the ideas. And of course, I take notes on most of what I research. But once I start writing the story, it's basically a combination of stream of consciousness and just keeping in mind what I want the story to be as I move along. Do you think you've grown as a writer since Bambi Bazooms? Uh, I think so. I mean, I try with each novel to make the characters feel real and the situations feel real. Um, and basically give it a lot more of a real world feel to it. Do you think this is your favorite story that you've written? I think Bambi Bazooms is my favorite still just because of how much fun it was writing that char those characters and that world. But I would say this might be my best one in terms of quality, um, strength of story, um, strength of concept, and accessibility to the widest audience. Awesome. I can't wait to read it, man. It does sound very, yeah. very interesting. Um, let's talk about the technical stuff, man. Um, something I think a lot of people would be interested in from publishing, distribution, you know, you have a, uh, a lot of knowledge that you can share with our listeners. So can you talk about the process? Where does, where does one of our listeners start if they have an idea for a story? Um, well, the very first thing I would say is just start writing what you love. Uh, don't pay too much attention to trends because those change. Um, so once you do that, um, just start writing the story, uh, see where it goes. And um, once you have a draft finished, uh, feel free to share it with friends, family. Uh, if you haven't at all, anyone in the industry, even better. Um, then, of course, you can move on to just deciding where you want to distribute it and you have your options of self-publishing, um, independent publishing, finding an agent, go try to go with one of the big publishing houses. Um, it really sky's the limit. Um, in my experience, it's been really tough to actually land an agent and get into um, even an independent publishing house, but you might have better luck than I did, so just you know, shoot for the moon. That sounds like some good advice. Uh, don't get into the trends, you know, uh, right. right with your heart, yeah. right? That sounds like a good, yeah, yeah that, that sounds like some good advice. Um, are you still with the same publisher as uh, Bambi Bazooms? I am not. I decided to drop them because what happened was um, their publishing model was that you need to sell a certain number of copies in order to get paid for it. I did not reach that benchmark, so I decided that the expense was far less, well, the expense, rather, was far more than the benefit. Like, I didn't get as much out of it as I would have liked. The product is certainly great. I mean, I think it looks, physically, it looks better than anything that I released through Kindle Direct Publishing, which is who I went back to this time around, but... 
Again, um, I just didn't see the uh, economic benefit from it. So now you're self-publishing, correct? Yes, I'm, that's correct. Okay, so what's your opinion on self-publishing? Um, it's quicker. It's much more difficult to promote your novel because you have to do it yourself and you have to figure out what promotion you want to do. Um, and there's a lot of options there. Right now, I'm doing Facebook and Twitter announcements, um, promoting it through Facebook and Amazon. Um, of course, this interview with you, um, and I'm thinking I'm probably going to try to get a Kirkus review, which is like a, it's a paid review, but they get um, listed in a lot of the big trades, so I'm hoping that'll help me out. Uh, you're obviously a great editor. You know, you're the editor of the yeah. Videoland website, <laughs> so yeah. does your... Yeah. Um, so you self-publish. So you said you had to hire an editor. Is that correct? Well, I did just because I wanted to make sure that if there's something I missed um, that they'd be able to catch, which has happened. Um, so it was me. My mom gave it an edit. That person gave it an edit. So I think it should be pretty error-free, just like with as many people uh, as gave it a read. What about distribution? Did you have to push your own novel, you said? Um, yeah, because it's the sole distributor is Amazon, and there's two different um, ways you can buy it. You can get it as an ebook or as a paperback, but yeah, that's the sole uh, distribution uh, source for right now. But uh, in terms of marketing, yep, um, pretty much anything and everything, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so just social media, you're pushing it yourself? Mostly, yes. Mostly, yes, okay. Uh, let's talk about your cover art. Um, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but people yeah. will always do that, right? Um, explain the cover decision. Um, so I knew that I wanted to somehow depict um, the California Institute of Arts, which is kind of uh, where this is set. I mean, Actorburg is the actual location, but it's on the campus of what in this world used to be the California Institute of Arts. And I ended up just going with a photo of one of the main buildings, but I did have our good friend Doug Prime uh, work his Photoshop magic and uh, make some modifications uh, just to make it a little more pretty. Doug is an artist with no boundaries, and he's phenomenal at penis art. So did yeah. you, um, with your last book, Bambi Bazooms, you actually paid an artist, correct, for the cover? Yes. And I'm sure that gets, you know, obviously more expensive. You're throwing more money at that, money at editing. So yeah. it does yeah. uh, start to mount up. Um, what would your ideal cover be for this if you could, you know, if cost wasn't an issue? I would say I probably would have had him draw a cover of the main character, like rear view of the main character looking up at the entrance to the main building of, you know, California Institute of Arts. Um so it would have been a lot, a lot more stylized, and it could that could have probably would have been a drawing. I mean, you could probably do that as a photograph as well, but it would have been a lot more expensive just to figure out the details and find someone who had the time and resources to make that happen. So what's the overall cost from beginning to end to publish, to get a book out to the masses, self-publishing? Um, well, just adding up everything I spent money on, um, and I, I probably spent less, I spent a lot less than I did with my previous book. So it was probably, let's see, two, four, 
Um, probably, let's see, what, like $200 for the editing and around $200 or so for the cover, so like 400 But um, really, it's it basically is how much money you're willing to spend to promote it and, you know, edit it and the cover and everything else. So it can be inexpensive or it can be expensive, and that's totally... Uh, what you, it totally depends on what you want the final product to be. Yeah, and, and like I said, there's a lot of creative people in video land, or just you know, just in general, that's going to listen to this podcast that you yeah. know could benefit from all that information. So, you know, thanks again for sharing yeah. that that knowledge. A lot yeah, of people you're probably very, very welcome. Yeah, a lot of people probably go into this like, man, it's probably overwhelming for some people to try to figure all that out. Um, let's talk about your legacy as an author. Uh, what kind of legacy do you want to have? This is your fourth novel, correct? Yeah. So, yes. t- so talk about your legacy. Well, at this point, I think I've found my groove in terms of what type of books I want to write, which is mainly like social, political satires. So I'd like to be known as someone who brought his unique voice to um, various genres. And just to be known as someone who first and foremost set out to entertain readers as well as you know inspire them to think so a good hybrid of that and you've never written a sequel have you out of the four books one sequel but um um i mean i have i have idea an idea for a sequel to bambi resumes i'm not sure um if when i'm gonna write it I kind of like a lot more people to actually discover um, Bambi Bazoom. So maybe one of these days I'm going to re-release that as self-published. And you know, Matt, there might be some listeners that's like, you know, what what is Bambi Bazooms? So give me the 30-second hook for Bambi. All right, well, you can check out the, the uh, Adventures of Video Land podcast uh, on SoundCloud. Um, but the 30-second version is, is that it's set in a world in which cartoons and humans coexist kind of like in Roger Rabbit uh, but it's a lot more adult themed to that uh, Bambi Bazooms is a former burlesque dancer um, she falls in love with the human lawyer and they go on adventures and a lot of um, a lot of conflicts ensue as a result of that so that's the short version and they can buy that on Amazon as well correct um I'm eventually going to put that on Amazon. I'm probably going to do that pretty soon now. Oh, um, it's, is it off of Amazon? It available. It's not on Amazon now. It was through page publishing, but like I said, I delisted it because I wasn't entirely satisfied with the results I was getting from that. But um, yeah, if readers demand it, I'm definitely going to put it on, uh, release it on Amazon. So I got one of the last copies from Amazon, huh? I feel special. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for right now, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it in a glass case. <laughs> so what's, um, what do you have in store for listeners after, um, Actorberg? Uh, well, right now I'm kind of taking a break from writing, uh, my fifth novel, which is called My Shell, and it's kind of another, uh, political, kind of a political novel. It's like set on a college campus and it's this, uh, closeted, a uh, trans male student who gets himself um, undercover um, with a white supremacist uh, group on campus. And it's basically details that as well as him discovering 
uh, that he's not very happy being closeted and decides um, maybe I'd be a lot happier if I was a lot more honest with myself and my friends and family. So it's, it's uh, yeah, so that's the, those are the themes that that tackles. Man, you got some great ideas, man. That's called My Shell? Yes. Man, so when do you think that's going to be done? 2022? Um, yeah, my trend has been publishing every two years. So I plan on at least finishing up a draft this year. And, um, and we'll see what happens. I could get it out this year, but maybe probably next year. All right, let's end with a fun question, all right? What's a, what's a dream yeah. project for you, all right? Let's speak it into existence. Um, if you could write for a franchise, anything, what would it be? If I were to write for like a non-original franchise, it probably would still be Star Wars. Um, there's just so many ideas you can come up with in that universe. Um, yeah, but probably Star Wars would be number one. I think they're looking for writers because they're coming out with, what is yeah. it, one, two, 100, 100 shows yeah. a year, I think? <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, is there anything I haven't brought up that you want our listeners to know about? Anything you want to plug, website, blogs? Uh, well, you can find my blog on WordPress. Um, I think it's uh, com, And I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter. I have a Goodreads page. And that about covers uh, my major um, author presence online. All right. And where can our listeners purchase Actorberg? Amazon? Yep. Amazon, Kindle Direct Publishing, and they, there's an ebook or it's a paperback. All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Thank you for your time, Matt. Where can Videoland find you? You're very welcome, Brad. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, I'm. you can find me a lot of the time on the Adventures in Video Land Facebook page. And you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com, Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out. Yeah.